Welcome to Scandal.k12.us. Our Scandal K-12 curriculum is a true crime comedy podcast about bamboozling boards, sneaky superintendents, lame learning products, and teachers who are way too cool for school. This curriculum contains references and potential descriptions of crimes against minors and the field of education. Listener discretion is always advised. And now, time for morning announcements. Good morning, Scandal K-12 students, home of the Fighting Rats. Go Rats! Lots of people are going back to school this season, but you'll never guess who isn't going back to school. School bus drivers. In a nation that has already been experiencing a shortage on bus drivers, for more background information on school bus drivers and the student transportation industry in general, as well as some examples of some very bad school bus drivers, check out our episode on the topic, Season 2, Episode 1, Don't Let the School Bus Driver Drive the Bus. In that episode, we covered how school bus driver jobs offer limited hours bookended at difficult times of the day. Just think about two or three hours in the morning and two or three hours in the evening. It's not much that you can get done with the rest of the day. The almost two-year emergency caused by COVID has made this shortage even more serious than it has been with districts who are already strapped for drivers prior to the current long emergency. Apparently, even Otto the bus driver from The Simpsons had quit in 2015, citing low wages. Not that anyone watches The Simpsons anymore, but it's still on Fox Sundays at 8 p.m. 7 Central, but you won't see Otto the bus driver. Well, you won't hear Harry Shear, the voice actor of Otto the bus driver, to be more precise. For Otto's non-cartoon, real-life bus driving colleagues, many quit or retired in 2020, and in 2021 the situation had gotten so bad that as the 2021 school year starts, Many schools are uncertain that that old, yellow, dangerous box full of kids that makes us late for work will chug, chug, chug along the highways and byways in its regular manner it once did. Not that many of us are stuck behind a school bus anymore on the way to work, since we either work from home, or are unemployed at home, or have a gig job where our shifts start and end at really odd hours of the day or night. Whatever your school bus questions, we will explore a few examples of school bus driver issues in an episode we're calling scandal.k12.us forward slash pick off and drop off. Listeners, we borrowed the title from the radio program Car Talk. And if you remember listening to Car Talk, you're probably an older person with a college or advanced degree make a household income of about seventy-five dollars to $103,000, and perhaps you have a closet of NPR tote bags, Nalgene's, and an addiction to tiny desktop concerts that makes you very difficult to deal with once you've had a few drinks in you. If you don't get the reference, Google Car Talk and have a listen. While now the program is archived and years old, Car Talk is very entertaining. Don't worry, while it's extra credit to listen, the final exam won't include any car talk questions. Now let's shift gears and cruise into a few stories that give us some examples of how this driver shortage is exhausting schools, especially those with high transmission rates, and puts the brakes on your being able to speed through the distance learning and finally enjoy a moment of two of zen before your first Zoom work call ties your stomach in knots. Dateline Minneapolis a terrible time for the Twin Cities. Union leaders in Minnesota are sounding the alarm bells. This can no longer be called a shortage, said Gus Frokpe, 
with Teamsters Local 320, the union that represents school bus drivers in that state. This isn't a bus driver shortage, it's a bus driver crisis. According to KARE11, the red-headed media step-twin of the Twin Cities, this driver shortage problem has been steadily growing over the years. St. Paul Public Schools were forced to cut bus routes since they still need around 100 more drivers before they can reach all students. According to one bus driver familiar with the problem, quote, The pandemic accelerated it, and now the public is painfully aware. We can fix the problem, but we have to understand what caused it. The lack of stability for drivers. We cannot see exactly what the driver meant by stability in his statement, based on KARE11's reporting, but we imagine there's a number of factors that contribute to the sentiment. In Minnesota, the average wage for drivers for school buses is $18.64 an hour. Also, drivers, as we've said before, may only work part-time, and this wage may not allow for the type of quality lifestyle that one could expect. In Minnesota, and especially the Twin Cities, housing expenses are 5% higher than the national average. Not housing prices, but expenses. So this isn't about getting a job that leads to enough money to buy a home. It's about buying milk, electric, and Disney Plus subscriptions. So we did some unscientific real estate and cost of living research at scandal.k12.us using websites, albeit those with pop-up ads and And these websites claim that one must make about $45,000 annually in the region to live what they call comfortably. Last we checked, the school year, roughly 180 days, and more or less, let's say 10 hours a week of driving a bus, allows for about $25,000 a year before taxes, which sounds like you better be driving a bus because you're doing God's work or you're independently wealthy or you don't realize that unemployment or a life of crime may pay more than the work that you do. Massachusetts is a leader in education results, but has found itself with a real problem with those tough school bus drivers. We don't know if you know this, but the governor of Massachusetts has activated the state's National Guard. This isn't to quell some labor dispute like the Pullman strike, textile worker strike or homestead strike, where workers often rioted as part of their strike against their employers with much violence. No, the National Guard is trading in its guns and bayonets for busloads of screaming children. That's right, some military brat is taking your brat to school. Yo, Jay, Jay, that's wicked cool, kid! According to the United States of America Today, You may remember that that was a newspaper that was left outside your hotel room back in the before times, back when we traveled for work and for fun. Anyway, Republican Governor Charlie Baker announced that 250 Guard personnel will be available to serve as drivers of school transport. They will begin training for one day, with some 90 of them to be initially deployed in four diverse cities north of Boston. Chelsea, Lawrence, Lowell, and Lynn. Yes, one day should be enough, since these Harrow drivers won't be driving about in large buses, but in a classification of vehicle the government calls 7D vehicles. Oh, yo, kid, Jay, kid, son, that's like another dimension. But in our reality, we see these 7D vehicles in our 3D world as what we call vans. Because, you know, the government can't just say the word van. 
The National Guard can't tell stories about driving vans about the crooked potholes infested streets of Lynn, driving kids to school. They need to say that they dodged navigational challenges, bringing human collateral to indoctrinization staging areas in 7D vehicles while winning the hearts and minds of regime-friendly progenitors. In additional reporting by the United States of America Today media outlet, the governor said that, quote, The Guard has a proven track record of success supporting civilian authorities. Their frequent side-by-side training with state and local first responders make them well-suited for a variety of missions. Like, apparently taking your kid to school. And we can only imagine also keeping discipline among their charges in a manner the military is accustomed to. We can only imagine... I'm Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, your senior bus driver. From now on, you will speak only when spoken to, and the first and last words out of your filthy sewers will be, Sir, do you maggots understand that? Hundreds of students in Baltimore were stranded after numerous bus drivers called in sick on the first day of school. According to WMAR2 Baltimore, the school district put out a statement saying, Quote, we apologize for the challenges this unexpected call-out caused our students and families, especially on the first day back in classrooms. We are working closely with the contracting companies and our internal drivers to be fully staffed tomorrow. We thank them for their patience. So Baltimore, like other districts, is encouraging people to apply for jobs where some companies are offering as much as $20.60 an hour to start. If you have a clean commercial driver's license... References can pass a background check, drug test, are 21 years or older, don't mind part-time work, and have never had to haul 400 cases of cores from Texarkana to Atlanta in 28 hours with an orangutan as a sidekick. As we know today, Florida has taken a very different path during the long COVID emergency. Some appreciate the local choice, the lack of mask mandates, and that endless summer of outdoor activities and tiny little drinks that many believe allow for a more, well, relaxed set of standards when compared with those dreary northern states where people huddle together in super spreader events all winter. This laissez-faire sentiment, however, is not shared by many school bus drivers in the Sunshine State who feel marginalized by staff faculty, and administrators at their schools, whether they are district employees or contracted workers. According to a news tip sent to the CBS 46 newsroom, 35 DeKalb County bus drivers out of 100 were no-shows, uniting for a sick-out. Drivers are fed up as COVID-19 cases continue to increase across the county and a lack of communication by the district on when and where school COVID cases are identified and how that's communicated. One frustrated driver commented that schools need to, quote, make me feel like my life is just as important as a teacher's life or a principal or a superintendent. Currently, Rick DeSantis, the governor of Florida, has at least a temporary victory from the school mask mandate, despite increasing numbers of deaths among children under 16. While the state push to alleviate mask mandates in schools has gained a lot of traction and support among some parents and groups, there are still others who are fighting for mask mandates in schools, and this battle is creeping slowly 
up to the Supreme Court and has already involved the federal government where, according to Patch.com, the patchiest of all the dot-coms, the U.S. Department of Education's Civil Rights Department has opened a civil rights investigation into Florida's ban on school districts mandating mask wearing, saying those policies could amount to illegal discrimination against students with disabilities. According to reporting by NPR and their local affiliate, WBEZ, Days before the Chicago Public Schools' first day, scores of bus drivers abruptly quit. According to NPR, the district responded by canceling bus service altogether, even though it's legally mandated to provide it for some students. Bus routes were canceled the day before school started for 2,100 students since 70 drivers had quit with no notice in protests of the district's vaccine mandate. The district responded, by at first canceling service altogether, but they reached out to parents to offer them $1,000 up front and $500 a month after that they could use on driver services like Lyft and Uber. For many parents, this is not enough since despite the additional travel stipend, these rideshare services do not mandate that their drivers are vaccinated, and there are other safety issues raised by parents and others considering that most rideshares require anyone under 18 to be accompanied by someone who's over 18, and even if they're not, there are safety concerns regarding the sorts of background checks these rideshare companies require. According to Dr. Fran Walfish, a Beverly Hills-based family and relationship psychotherapist, as quoted on FamilyEducation.com, and who we're just going to believe actually exists, but we'll quote there anyway, I do not support or endorse kids or teens under age 18 taking Uber and other car sharing services with apps. Although it happens infrequently, the risk is still there that a mentally damaged person may have slipped through the cracks of the investigative hiring process and acquired the driving job. I would not want to take that risk with my child's safety. According to WBZE, one Chicago parent they interviewed has two children. One is enrolled in a gifted program, while the other is enrolled in a special needs program. These are two different schools, which are 16 miles apart. She is hesitant to use ride-sharing services to send her kids to school, just like, uh, what was it, Dr. Walfish's advice? Because of the distance of the schools and having to rely on public transportation, it would take her three hours each afternoon to pick up and return home. While Chicago looks for additional school bus drivers to replace those who quit about the vaccine mandate, many parents in the meantime will be solving these transportation logic puzzles and in doing so, either giving up time at work or spending additional money if schools are far away, or pickup times occur during surge pricing among those car services, or they're going to scramble to find a relative to travel with to and from school with their students so they know that the Uber or Lyft driver and the ride itself will be monitored by someone they trust and know. Our popular concept of bus drivers, uh, a lot of us, it was shaped by Otto from The Simpsons, and we used to laugh at that character being in charge of transporting children. But today... Many of us may be nostalgic about putting our kids on a yellow bus driven by the same stoner each day because at least having the same stoner was reliable and it seems a better option than some random Uber or Lyft driver transporting our kids as we play the real version of Creep Russian Roulette. Bonus points, rideshare drivers don't even work for whatever platform you use to summon them. They're independent contractors and each ride more than likely will be by a different person. As we have seen by these stories, bus drivers are the unsung backbone of many urban, suburban, and rural districts, truly what it means to be an essential worker. While in some schools many parents pick up and drop off students themselves, there are times when 
This is impossible due to other scheduling conflicts, and they themselves can rely on a bus. There are some parents who drop off their children but let them take the bus home, and others who only pick up their children from school, especially if they're involved in extracurricular activities and have the means to do so. For many parents that rely on the school bus so that they themselves can get to work on time, this ask is almost impossible. Additionally, there are many other parents out there without reliable transportation. Just think about cars that won't start. People who rely on a single car in a large family or have to rely on public transportation. The daily ritual of putting their child on a bus is critical, and being told to figure it out is just not an option. As much as we heard about our grandparents or great grandparents walking to school uphill both ways in the snow, schools today are not located in the community as they once were as long ago they were consolidated. Some schools have routes where students are themselves on, a, on the bus for an hour each way, so walking is just not an option unless they walked there Sunday night for Monday class and returned home Saturday morning. There's also the status of school bus driver in the eyes of the system itself and in education in general. They depend on them, like the school custodians. However, they're often made invisible in the system that they serve. Often, they're not even district employees. In some states, they're offering signing bonuses or offering to pay for the license needed to drive the bus itself. According to the Associated Press News Service in Montana, First Student, a company that contracts bus service for school districts around the country, held test driving events they called Big Bus, No Big Deal. The spokesman for the First Student event said, quote, We actually set up a closed course at the fairgrounds and we invited the public to come in and, and learn that it's, uh, it's uh, not a big deal to drive a big bus. They're actually pretty easy to drive. You sit up high, you got plenty of view. So you go to the state fair, pet the goats, have a corn dog, and leave with a CDL license. That sounds great. The spokesman for the company also said that there's a prospect of picking up additional hours if you're not paid enough during the week. You could drive for sporting events, for clubs, for field trips. Also, first student was willing to allow parents with children younger than one years old to ride with their parents as they worked. According to the company... And this is their actual comment. Allowing infants to accompany them would save on daycare. In no way does having your infant grow up in a school bus sound like you don't live in a van down by the river. Nope, not even close. Also, for bonus points, clearly a man thought of that idea. We're not sure, but we just feel like in no, it's probably very unlikely that when a baby is crying for milk, is the mother going to be pumping with one hand and driving with the other? And we doubt that mom will ignore the baby's cries when there's a dirty diaper. What is she to do? Let the child suffer in a pile of filth of its own making until the end of her run? Or pull over and change the baby with one hand and maintain order among 30 to 40 excited elementary students on the other? Or maybe she could take the third path and have Billy and Jane change the nappy as she drives. Another issue again is, of course, money. Even if the school bus companies pay for the commercial license, that license is more valuable for other higher-paying full-time opportunities, such as working for Amazon, UPS, FedEx, delivering packages, all those companies that have seen a surge in demand and a huge profit due to, well, all of us being stuck at home, ordering things online, and having them show up within hours at our doorstep. We're not sure, but we also think maybe this is a benefit to work for those companies because we, we don't know it, but... You might be able to smuggle your infant to the passenger seat of those trucks too, so you also could save on childcare. 
first student reminds people that working with kids driving a bus can be a rewarding profession. However, this message of rewarding is like out of another age, like 1950s other age, and it's not in keeping with the changes in our economy or our society. We can't rely on stay-at-home parents looking for pin money between binging on bonbons and flirting with the pool boy, retirees tired of eating cat food looking to supplement their income, or shiftless drifters who are rewarded by being around children to fill these positions, and we're going to need to look for new solutions and new approaches. We're sure that districts will find a quick fix for the coming year, and equally sure that that solution will bring us more stories for our scandal.k12.us curriculum in the very near future. We would like to thank our Patreon supporters, especially Jody from the Copper State that is Arizona, who has been a charter school level member for several months now. Thanks for your continued support, Jody. If you'd like to join in supporting the show, we need new crayons for our episode art. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash scandal K12 US. Now, right up front, we will admit we've been bad about advancing episodes and terrible with swag for Patreons, and we really don't have bonus content at the moment. But yeah, right now the schedule is really difficult to create. Uh, it's really hard to just get the content itself out, let alone a bonus, but we're trying. We here at Scandal.k12.us hope to have a steering committee discuss agenda items for an upcoming Scandal.k12.us board meeting to roll out recommendations that will initiate a planning process and then add and implement best practices to our Patreon benefits program. In other words, we're working on this issue using a framework that was developed by educators in 1987. We thank our friends over at Freesound. We'll add creator acknowledgments in our show notes to avoid any lawsuits. As always, support freesound.org. They're a great resource that can add depth and perspective and soundscapes to just about any project you might work on. We also ask that you share this podcast with between 0 and 12 people. We recommend starting with friends, but you can share with enemies too, or even random strangers. We don't care. Word of mouth works either way. Although... We want you to promote this, but we can't be responsible for large graffiti murals you may be inspired to create. We're not saying don't do that. We're just not not saying that, if that's the right way to cover us. Anyway, our lawyers will sort it out. We hear a scandal.k12.us are under the impression that um, podcasts benefit from having positive reviews and ratings. We hope that you can spare a moment to log into wherever you get your podcasts and write up a review if they allow it. And also, it goes without saying, if your review is positive. If you have anything negative to say, anything, or a story idea, please send it our way directly using Scandal k12us at gmail.com or use our phone number. You can find it on our website scandalk12us.com We use Squarespace to build a really beautiful website so please visit it for that number. If you are an English major or an English teacher at any level you can also visit our website to check the grammar, the spelling and feel free to correct us because corrections are always welcome. 
So until next time, stay safe, stay in school, and stay scandal-free.